Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 162, episode 4 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Thursday, December 3rd, 48 days until January 20th. We're kind of, it's more impressionistic. We're not saying yeah, specific it's a vibe, days. Really. It's a vibe. It uh, feels 48-ish days until January 20th. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Jack O'Brien, do 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 do. I'm O'Brien, and I host Daily Zeit. Dum 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 dum. That is courtesy of Chris Yamaguchi Main, because he heard that I was into that band called The Beatles. Those upstarts. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to him. And I'm. I want to. I want to hear the end of that song. If you can keep that going, Daily Really spell those chords out. Pick them out. Pick them out. Hey, I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Well, I try and try to forget you, fool, and it won't be hard to do. Every day we're closer to firing you. Whatever happened to my vocal cords right there? I think they were blown out from too many AKAs, and that one comes from Johnny Davis, the compulsive punster on Discord. Thank you the so compulsive much. Compulsive punster? Punster. Oh, punster. Got yeah. It. Love it. I wonder, John, you go to those punning competitions? I know they have that shit where people Oof. go and throw down puns. It's very interesting, that whole world. What a subculture. Yeah. Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented Joey Cliff. Oi, oi, yeah, oi, that's right. Oi, oi, I'm oi. Joey Cliff. Oi, oi, oi. Uh, hey, Joey, wait, Joey, we, Joey. Beatles Beatle songs. Hey, Trump. Uh, <laughs> let something vote. But, but you won't be president. I did a Beatles <laughs> thing and a, and a politics yep. thing. That's what we're doing, right? I like this. Yeah, I remember. Perfect part approximation. Of, I remember part of a line of Hey Dude by the Beatles. That's uh, yep. that's all I got. Yeah. Hey, hey dude, right? That's the yeah, song. Hey, hey dude. dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 I love that song. <laughs> yeah, the it's crazy song that they ripped dude. off that Nickelodeon show to write that song. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Joey, uh, what's good, man? How how have you been since last we talked? What, what was that like? Twenty nineteen? It was like uh, I, I want to say it was like it was like early twenty twenty, and yeah. I would say that like I'm pretty I've been pretty good. Uh, like the uh, the first couple months of twenty twenty. I traveled a bunch, got flown around a lot of places, do a lot of shows. And then around March, that immediately stopped for some weird reason. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, just been kind of hanging out. I uh, just got. Would you tweet on something? A... You tweet something spicy? You get canceled? Is that what happened? <laughs> tweet something spicy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got canceled by the, the work just dried up, huh? Yeah, I hate to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, you know, it happens. <laughs> um, and then uh, I just started writing on a show called Spirit Rangers on Netflix, which I've been oh, doing cool. since May. And that's, yeah, that's, I saw that, man. Congrats. Busy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's super cool. So, uh, yeah. That's kind of it's been a lot of that. It's been a lot of sitting in this sitting in this room that you can see on the camera that people listening to you can't see. How is uh, yeah, yeah. how is writing for a TV show uh, during during the pandemic? What you guys how are those Zoom rooms? Zoom, Zoom room. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's like it's not too bad. Something that I've learned is that like uh, you can do a lot of like prop comedy bits in writers' rooms really easily because yeah. like you can't see the edges of it. So I do a lot of like. Like, oh, look, I'm like, uh, it's a puppet, but it's really my Beats <laughs> headphone container. Like, uh, yeah. you know, those, that, that's that's why I get paid the big bucks to write yeah, TV. Exactly. Yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to get on uh, that, man. <laughs> hey, how yeah, do I get one uh, of those gigs? 
<laughs> yeah, just like oh, you just you buy uh you buy Beats headphones and then just this comes with it and uh, it. you know it's say like less, if you uh, you know if you if you buy a MacBook and you just like lie and say you're still a college student they'll give it to you for free so like yeah you know I mean that's that's how you get that. <laughs> When's the show uh, go into production? If you don't if you don't uh, mind spilling the beans from, from so, what's going uh, on yeah, in there. Sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, we started writing in May. I think that the and this it's all like kind of TBD, but I think that like uh, because it's animated, those tend to take a little while to make. So like 2022 is kind of what we're looking like. But uh, yeah. I'm excited about it. It's gonna be dope as hell. Yeah. yeah. And for people who don't know, it's like an all native show. The room, this the room is also is it is it diverse or it's a lot of uh, like indigenous and native writers as well. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, I guess it's it's diverse in that it's an all native room, but no, it's diverse in that like the showrunner Shumash, I'm Cowlitz, the one of the writers is like is uh, I'm gonna uh, uh, or uh, Oklahoma based, I forget her tribe, but she's great. Um, so it's it's diverse within indigenous people, right? Um, nice. But uh, yeah, it's it's an all native writers room. It's a it's a preschool show. That's uh, it's the I think the first ever United States preschool show. Uh, that's animated to like feature an all native writers room and be created by a native creator, Carissa Valencia, who's Shumash, who's a really great uh, animation writer. Uh, and yeah, it's just good shit all around. It's like a super fun that's show to be a part dope. of. Um, you know, the the life of a writer. Uh, I'm going to say it, it, there's a lot of stealthy naps between meetings because my, yeah. my bed's right here. So there's a lot of <laughs> yep. joke, 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 joke. Oh, we got a meeting in 30 minutes. Oh, I'm just going to take a, take a little I breather. stole 12 minutes before we yeah, recorded. Yeah, oh, it's, you, it's good, right? Yeah, you can I, do thirty. It's, I don't. I don't fall napper. asleep. I just like my brain, like kind of goes into a different oh, form of like yeah. spinning out. Yeah, but it's like a more relaxing one. And I feel a little bit more energized when I yeah. stand up from it. That reminds me, like yeah. when I worked on a PA, like and did overnight shoots, and like you'd have like your your fifteen or thirty, like at three thirty in the morning, and you're like, well, oh. I'm just gonna kind of like put my brain to sleep slightly, and then just be like, huh. Yeah, 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 fine. I'm locked. <laughs> yeah, I'm locking right. down this part of the set. I'm locking it up. I'm, don't worry. I'm locking it up. Yeah, it's the like go to your car and close your eyes for five minutes and then be like, oh shit, I've got to do another thing. <laughs> uh, it's like you tell your like friend who's a PA, just like, hey, if there's something important, like call me twice and then I'll wake yeah, up yeah, and exactly. do it. You know, and then like I'll do the same for you in an hour or two. Um, wait, what? What is your what is your longest PA shift? Where well, the longest you've ever worked as a PA in terms of like hours in one day? My longest was probably sixteen hours ah that sucks when i worked on hell's kitchen because that set is 24 hours so they're always there's never a break like you know i would i remember i did like three to 3 p.m to 6 a.m once uh that was a weird one why is it 24 hours why because on the show they live on the set all the contestants to hell's kitchen they live on set like in a dorm basically that's also cameraed up and so that's where you get all the drama in between when they have to compete in the restaurant and blah, blah, blah. People getting tired, making bad decisions. Exactly. Um, so my, my worst was probably um, I was a PA for a break.com sketch shoot. Uh, they were shooting like a sizzle reel or something like that. In 2011, it was 18 hours and I made a cool $50. Hey, <laughs> there yeah. he is. Like it was it was. $50, and then when they realized that I'd been there for 18 hours, they they were like, let's like, we'll look through the budget. We'll see if we can give you some more. Then I got my check, and I got $58. Hey. Uh, I'd so love to see like, it. Oh, folks. yeah, bro. Man, I yeah. bought such a half of a Subway sandwich for that. <laughs> oh, God. Break.com. Shout out to Break.com. Yeah. Oh, my God. RIP. 
Yeah. yeah. Break.com, <laughs> not a web. If you go to break.com, it's not a website anymore. Oh, really? It's like it's a, like a landing page for like a ISP or something. Yeah, you yeah, look? yeah. It's like, would you like to buy break.com? <laughs> oh, oh, no. That's yeah, so the internet bubble. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you want. It was Finally, the my B-Boy website yeah. can have life again. <laughs> break.com. I bet. Yeah. 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 Finally, my yeah, finally my fan site on the break-in movies uh, yeah. can exist. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Joey, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about the battle between AOC and Joe Coleman Mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, defund my butt. Uh, <laughs> The sort of dope takes you get from him. Uh, Classic. Literally, word for word, uh, that was one of the things he said uh, during the Black Lives Matter protest. Trump is making things, like as he continues to kind of insist that a coup is happening, uh, he's making it very dangerous for even Republican voting officials. Uh, Bill Barr is now an enemy of the state. And Michael Flynn is calling openly uh, for a military coup. Uh, that's something that happened. Uh, when, once you get pardoned for just like everything, just all that over there, uh, yeah. which seems to be what the pardon was, uh, I think you get a little bit get a little bit of a hop in your step, and you start to think you can take over the uh, government. Um, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about Pepsi. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Melania's Christmas decorations, all of that, plenty more. But first, Joe, we, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Uh, so, I mean, a lot of my search history over the past couple of days have been just like uh, Googling like weird things that I want to buy for my like for my house and room and stuff. So I spent... Mm-hmm. Uh, Four hours researching the perfect office chair not too recently. Ooh. Uh, it's a steel case gesture. I'm getting in a couple of days. Very excited about it. What's wow. it called? Uh, a what? A steel, case, a steel gesture? case gesture? Steel case is the brand and the gesture. It's like it's basically one of those office chairs where you could like move the arms around. Like the arms are really flexible. So you can like move it like right up to your like laptop so you don't get carpal tunnel. Yeah. But yep, um, yep. I would say that the thing that's the most telling of me is um, uh, Googling Olive Garden dessert lasagna. Um, I, uh, a couple, a couple months ago or earlier this month, I realized I was at like 8,000 Twitter followers and I wanted to be at like a kind of a, just an even 10,000 by the end of the year. Yeah. So around election time, I just tweeted out like, Hey, if I get 10,000 Twitter followers by the end of the year, I'll film myself eating lasagna like Garfield. So like barehanded tossing my mouth <laughs> and, uh, I got it within like a day and then I was just like, Oh shit, wow. this is the thing I actually got to do. So then I was just Googling like, okay, so like, how am I going to do that? What kind of lasagna am I going to get? And I was like, oh, I want three kinds of lasagna. Olive Garden has like deep fried appetizer lasagna. They have giant family size lasagna plans and they have pans and they have a dessert lasagna, which is like a multi-layer brownie. And I was oh. like, I was like, I want to throw that in the general direction of my face <laughs> as hard as possible. Now, wouldn't this just kick off a debate on how we're defining lasagnas and cakes? Because Anything as I think layers. of a multi-layered brownie and i as i as i evoke images upon my computer of this thing it's looking like a cake now yeah, i like guess it's, it's a it's a it's a semantic thing but i'm also like when is uh, is lasagna a cake i mean i guess that like the other end of it is like is like a three-layer cake a lasagna right like mm-hmm. what are, like what what are the what are the main categories and what are the subcategories of this like is lasagna just like a pasta cake maybe yeah right yeah yeah 
That's I how think I it, order. Right, if we're stacking, always. it's cake. Yeah. Or a casserole. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's like. But casseroles don't necessarily have stacks. Hmm. But is like an Oreo a cake then? Because like an Oreo, an Oreo right. is a cookie, ah. right? But it's like Oreo is a sandwich, it, sandwich no. cookie. That's it's yeah. Right. That's, yeah, yeah. I think we've, I, I think we've, I have accepted it's a sandwich cookie. Or is yeah. an Oreo a cookie lasagna? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you can make cookie lasagna with an Oreo, which is something I do every night of stacking. my life. You've been right. you. Oh. So you take one of the sides off of two cookies, and then you put it together, so it's almost a Big Mac. Uh, but if you go, if you want to go even larger than that, because you're especially depressed, you can uh, turn it into a full lasagna. Uh, six by six. <laughs> six by six. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure whether I should uh, envy you or severely pity you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with envy. I'm going to go with envy. Actually, I, you I should like, pity I, I me. Wish... Just pity me. I'm the one who gets the text messages with the photos of them in the middle of the night. He's like, look, I did it. They said I couldn't do it. 14 of them. And look how clean they are. You think they made them in the factory. Look how clean it is. Look how clean it is. I'm like, all right, dude. Miles, I think those might be cries cries of help from your friend, man. I don't know. I just keep keep doing what I do and fucking with them. I'll be like, could be cleaner, Jack. Could be cleaner. Maybe try again, buddy. Yeah, what if that had another layer of cookie on it, bro? Be Uh, minus. I think I just saw that on Reddit on shitty cookie stacks. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is shitty cookie stacks a real subreddit? No, but I think that's always the joke on Reddit when people will suddenly just name a subreddit in a comment, being like, "Our I mean, shitty cookie stacks." Uh, I mean, if there was, I'm on my computer right now. I was just about to subscribe to shitty cookie stacks because that'd be yeah. delightful to look at. <laughs> or it's awful. Uh, one of one of my favorite subreddits right now is there's a subreddit that's like r slash tucked in kitties. That's just cats that are tucked in by blankets, <laughs> and it's like. It's the most adorable thing you've ever seen in your damn life. Seeing an animal tucked in is almost like a yawn, like where you see it and you're like, oh, I'm cozy too. I'm cozy too. Oh, like yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. it's just like, oh, that cat's like, that. somebody tucked that cat in and gave it a little pillow. That makes me feel cozy. It is yeah. so hard for me not to fall asleep when I'm reading my kids' bedtime stories and like getting them to fall asleep. Like parents who just are like, all right, and then I go back to work for four hours. Like I, <laughs> I just- I'm so It winds tired. you down, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, wait, uh, I, got, I got a question for you as somebody who reads uh, kid bed, kids' bedtime stories. What uh-huh. bedtime Go stories ahead. slap and what bedtime stories are, like, overrated? Like, what are your favorites and what are your, like, oh, oh this man. one sucks? Turn it on me as we're about to head yeah. into your underrated overrated. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I would say Dr. Seuss still holds up. Right. There's a guy named, fuck, what's his name, who does the elephant and piggy books. They're... Uh, our listeners have heard all of this plenty of times. <laughs> um, Berenstain Bears, a uh, little wordy and not, and very like Mo Willems. Christian. Mo Willems is the gentleman. Uh, he does ah. he does good work with the elephant and piggy books. Um, they have a real rhythm to them. Uh, and you're like burning through pages. There's like one exchange on each page. So my son will think we've read a really long story, but it, it's not quite that long that's always um, the balancing so, act that you're trying to do is so like you're you're so your son is like daddy i want to go to bed and you're like no we got to figure out what happens to this piggy <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh but yeah there there's some good ones they they've done good work and any that are like that there's one um that's like pat the puppy and pat the kitty that uh i think were created like before children's uh books were invented because they are so dumb um it's, <laughs> it's clearly like the evolutionary like missing link between whatever they did before uh the written word and like our modern children books children's books because it's just like 
Sally has a nice puppy. You have a nice puppy. Pet Sally's puppy, and it, it sucks. The drawings are uh, me quality, and I had never drawn. <laughs> uh, me just, qual, huh? Yeah, me qual. The kid, like the kids who Sally from page to page looks like a totally different person. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, they suck. Dude, uh, Mo Willems is a interesting looking fellow. He looks like I'm just gonna send this in the chat. It like you know, like when you watch a sci-fi film about some dystopia, and then there's like an image of like, and that was the man who conceived the Matrix or whatever. And it's just like not they're not a character; it's just like an image. Mo yeah. Willems has the vibe of like oh, the architect shit. of the Matrix. Whoa, you are shit. you are not. Yeah, that's a dude that like that's a dude has definitely ascended a, a like a different level of consciousness than the rest yes. of us. Oh yeah, absolutely. Shout He's like that's why him. I write kids books, bro. Like you're fucking around with this history nonsense. You got to get him young. Okay. He's sort of the Ang Lee of uh children's books in that like some of his book like he has this elephant and piggy thing that's like real quick, rhythmic like back and forth, but then he has like a bunch of different books that are really good depth, executions. Huh? Yeah, he's just like he doesn't have a specific style. Uh, and his sure way of looking at dystopia, just... very Wong Kar Wai as well, I would say. You know, yeah. shout out. To yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he yeah. kind of looks like Jurgen Klopp for any football fans out there. The manager of Liverpool He's got the same yeah. vibe. I'm sure, like, if you talk to him, he would probably talk to you for four hours about how, like, you see the elephant is representative of the earth and the piggy is global warming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay. But hey, one that cool, uh, cool, that still slaps that like shouldn't, but like they've just like created some strange alchemy is Goodnight Moon. It's like they, oh yeah, the drawings are fine, but like just the world that they've created with the words and the like rhythm and all all that is so uh, undeniable. But it it's really I don't know why. Um, it's my favorite yeah. Simpsons bit when Christopher yeah, walks. Christopher Walk. <laughs> Good night. Uh, Good night. Good come night. closer, children. <laughs> children. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joey, what is something you think is underrated? Uh, so something that I think is underrated, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say video game soundtracks. Mm, and okay. uh, my my reason for that is. Uh, they're really good to write to. They're really good to listen to. They're just like great background music. And it's also just great music. And like the reason I'm saying that is um, I'm somebody where like if you would have asked me what my favorite music was in, you know, like high school, middle school, probably early college, I would say like, oh, video, like the Final Fantasy soundtracks and professional wrestler entrance music are the two things I listen to. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And then. And then, like, as I entered my adult life, I'm, I was like, oh, is that embarrassing that that's, like, my favorite? That, like, people are like, yo, you listen to the Beatles? And I'm like, no, I listen to Nobo Yumetsu. Yeah. Uh, so, like, <laughs> so then I, like, steered away from that. And then, like, but then, like, as I've, especially, like, over COVID, I, like, this week, the Spotify year in review things came out. And um, I checked my Spotify year in review. And it was, like, entirely just, like, jazz covers of jrpg soundtracks <laughs> oh, like my man. top five uh so i was like oh i'm just gonna i'm just gonna step into my truth and be like yeah video game soundtracks rule the yeah. uh specific shout, shout out, out uh a specific shout out the undertale uh they did a five-year anniversary undertale uh symphony that you can watch on youtube that's like three hours long and it's just like a, a full orchestra doing the undertale soundtrack and it's great you should check it man. out i write I to just... it all the time Recently, I think because some someone posted on Reddit the entire Jet Set Radio soundtrack. Oh and like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The composer uh, Hideki Naganuma, like his all of his, I think it's on Spotify too. And I was like, damn, this shit's on Spotify. Like, great. Normally, it's like some shit you'd have to watch YouTube like rips of. 
Uh, but yeah. respect to the Jet Set Radio soundtrack because that thing was wild. When it's also just shit like uh, they, like something I love about video game music is when you see those composers that like clearly put way more work into it than they really needed to for like the Marble Madness NES soundtrack or something. <laughs> right. Where it's oh, just like, like oh, oh, I never got paid for that actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made right. thirty dollars on that, and I right. uh, and I composed that on a calculator or whatever. But they did give me a Nintendo Power Glove as compensation, <laughs> so I feel it was a fair trade. Oh, I mean, in 1989, that's like that's big yeah. money. You could you could you could trade that for a car if you wanted to. Oh yeah, I mean, we saw the movies. The kids were yeah, the kids yeah. were traveling across country to get their hands on that thing. Oh yeah, I mean, I would if I look if there was a power glove and I had to drive to Florida to get it, I would drive to Florida to get that power <laughs> glove. <laughs> is there a classic game that is like super underrated in terms of like how great its soundtrack is by uh, like oh, the general weird. public, not amongst the video game uh, music aficionados? I mean, like, where do I start? Uh, like, Sonic is really good, right? Don't people really like Sonic? Oh, Sonic Rush, is especially. It, people love. I mean, that Sonic. One. Sonic is good. Like, like Michael Jackson, uh, uncredited, composed a bunch of music for Sonic the Hedgehog three. So it's like, it's like wow. legit. Wow. Um, I didn't know. Like, damn. Yeah, Michael Jackson. It was uncredited, and it's like you can listen to like, um, uh, Strangers in Moscow. Uh, is clearly like it's like the Sonic the Hedgehog three like ice level clearly became strangers in Moscow. Like if you listen to both of them, it's like the same melody and it's clear that was like the oh proto God, version of that. Um, and like, there's a bunch of other, it's like, I'm sure there's like YouTube rabbit holes that you can go down to that are like the casino level thing became bad or whatever, you know, right, um, or right. not bad too, but stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. But I would say like, let's see things that I go back to. Uh, I, okay. So this is going to be underrated. Because OG PlayStation startup noise from uh from Dan oh, here, yeah. good stuff. <laughs> um, so this is gonna be like this is gonna be underrated just because I don't think a ton of people know about it, but I want to shout it out. There's like an indie game that came out a couple years ago called Far Loan Sales. That's like it's just this really cool like dystopian kind of post apocalyptic game, and the soundtrack to it, it's like you can find it on Spotify. It's just some of the best like symphonic background music you could possibly listen to. It's just like. You know, it's like dystopian, but positive. And it's like, that's something like that was my 2019 Spotify year interview was just far loan sales songs, you know, a thousand times or whatever. Damn. I feel like you're going to turn a lot of people on to uh, to the the magic of video game soundtracks here. Um, yeah. Just like yeah, give it a shot. Underrated. Give it to that in pro wrestlers, at professional wrestling entrance music and video game soundtracks. <laughs> I feel like yeah, that's uh, all well, you need. One yeah, soundtrack. Throw away your Cardi B's. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't, don't yeah. need that. Just swap it out for this Metroid soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, what that, ass pussy? What, what? Yeah. What ass pussy? What about what ass PlayStation? The Street yeah, Fighter soundtrack is one where I can, I feel like you could play and I'm like, I know what level that is. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, there are yeah. certain things like that that I feel like are more just drilled into my mind and sort of compositions that I'm like, that was actually an objectively really pleasant thing to listen to. That's where I will yeah. take these suggestions from you, Joey and, and go. Yeah. Like the, them. like, like the guile level theme goes with literally anything. Yeah. Oh, like, hell yeah. it's just good shit. Yeah. 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 Hell uh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yes. What is something you think is <laughs> overrated brother? Now that I've been in quarantine for nine months, I'm going to say leaving my house to do things is very overrated. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm really loving. Yeah, uh, it might be a hot take. I really love just sitting at home. I don't know. I wake up early and do yoga. It's like you know, doing like you know, doing Zoom birthday parties and stuff like that. And stuff over Zoom is kind of weird. But like, 
I, I don't miss driving places. Like I don't miss yeah. those commutes. I don't miss, uh, you know, like I, uh, I don't mind, you know, doing Grubhub and then picking it up from someplace and like not eating in the restaurant or whatever. It's like all those are things that like I don't miss. Yeah, right. turns out it's yeah, yeah, it's it's something about like sort of just kind of realigning your schedule and like with your lifestyle and things like that. Like when you've eliminated the commute or just the 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 stress. Like I feel like maybe we're similar in that like having to get out the door is just stressful. And that yeah. not having that there, I'm like, I have so much mental bandwidth to like think of other things rather than like, what time is it? Oh, I got 15 minutes. Got to wash. Fuck. I need to eat. Uh, fuck it. I'll eat something. Yeah, off. Yeah, like dude. all that stuff. It takes up my mind so much to the point where I like, oh. I feel sort of uh, a bit of just from the lack of commute, a little bit more like just space in my mind to problem solve. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Like I like, like I put like uh I mean when I had to commute places for jobs I would like put my cell phone like in my bathroom on my sink and the second I looked at the got out of the shower I would turn my cell phone and be like oh shit it's eight fifteen if I don't leave by eight twenty I'm gonna have to like yeah. well, whatever so I'll brush my teeth in the car I guess you yeah. know and then like yeah so it's like that stuff I don't miss at all so that I I'd haven't that, eaten breakfast that, while taking it. a shower in so long it's uh, yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like that kind of thing. No one knew what to do with that, like, Jack. We were all just kind of picturing you I eating mean, a burrito in a shower. Yeah, like Tobias Bluth. <laughs> and it's and it's a messy breakfast. It's not a power bar. Yeah, it's like no, you're no, eating it's, like no, no. you're eating like just you're eating egg like French all over his chest. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, eating you're eating like an egg McMuffin. You're eating yeah. an egg McMuffin that you ordered extra runny. Well, the eggs are already wet. So you're yeah, really exactly. just Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess I was thinking about that like like when you said that, I paused because I was like, "Wait, are you a genius? Is that a thing? I just, like, <laughs> is that I mean, a thing that can?" That's like yeah, a life hack like... in like this brutalist, like <laughs> fucking high Efficiency. output productivity nonsense <laughs> culture, where it's like yeah, it's you gotta dystopian. eat breakfast when you shit, and then again when you shower. Right. You put on your hoodie backwards with your like <laughs> lunch stuffed in it, so you can just like Drop. scarf it down while you're exactly. typing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Fill like, up your hoodie yeah, with potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for me, the dystopian life hack was like I started to bring those like those those tooth like flossing picks in my glove box in my car so that it's like, OK, I don't have to floss when I'm in my bathroom. I can do it while I'm driving. Yeah. Like, if anybody wow. would look at me weird while flossing while driving, I'd just be like, Fuck yeah, you, this is my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then your steering wheel starts to smell bad and it has little flecks of white stuff all over it. That's the one. problem. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, but I'm just like, hey, that's like that's a price to pay for <laughs> corporate efficiency, for efficiency <laughs> baby, <laughs> to make yeah, these baby. dollars for my boss. <laughs> yeah. I need to like, wash wait, I told my you about car. The extra- Oh wait, that's the inside of the windshield. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, God. I mean, look, that's the worst. I told you about. I told. I told you about the extra eight dollars I made on that PA gig, right? That's how yeah. I make the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stuff like yeah. that. Maybe uh, yeah, yeah. I, I might be overestimating how gross other people's flossing experiences are, but mine is a thrill mess. Thrill. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, slaughterhouse. I floss every day, so it's not too bad. Like, yeah, it's like I floss every morning, so it's. It not, looks like, it's like that like scene clean. in uh, Kingpin. When Randy Quaid <laughs> flashes for the first time, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's like, is that a chicken, shit. a whole chicken wing on the piece of floss?" Uh, yeah, we've all been there. That's funny. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And. Uh, 
AOC v. Joe Colmine. Uh, oh, man. Uh, so, you know, we, we were talking yesterday about how the establishment Democratic Party is doing some Obama-era shit with regards to Biden's cabinet is being, you know, or is being filled with people who don't really reflect the the new energizing values of of the progressive movement um and this is just like co- sort of the uh the battle that we need uh AOC and uh Joe Manchin so Joe Joe Manchin one of the first shots he fired was over the summer when he responded to the uprisings with uh as as mentioned up top uh defund comma my butt yeah defund the comma is interesting <laughs> Also, I'm going to chime in and say that, like, if government funding was going toward his butt, then I agree. We should probably not spend money yeah, on that. Right. So, good point, Joe Manchin. Golden yeah. bidets. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the comma was for. I think maybe because he's saying, like, rather than defund my butt, he's like, defund my ass. Right. Like, we ain't defunding. I, so I just like that, uh, you know, he he liked to keep his, his dumb centrist takes uh, grammatically um, accurate. No, I think that what it was, was it's like he's taking defund and then comma, and then he's referring to AOC as his butt. So he's like, defund my butt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So he's yeah. doing some big misunderstanding. Yeah. Of course it was. See, yeah, yeah. to see this kind of shit. But I mean, this is the thing that's going to be the fucking, the, the, you know, culture war for the next four years uh, or and beyond is People just being like, hey, Democrats, wake the fuck up. You know how like the the Republicans shed a layer and now they look like this? Well, the left has done that, too. And now this is what it looks like. It's more progressive and it's more interested in actual equity and equality rather than like, I don't know, like as long as like the news isn't overwhelming, I'm going to just take that as a barometer for how well everyone else is. And yeah. Defund my butt was, you know, the first fucking shot. Then like a few days ago. He's, he was, I don't know why, I think because, again, AOC has many things to say, especially as people come after her and the squad for being progressives. He said, quote, I don't know the young lady. I really don't. I never met her. I'm understanding she's not that active with her bills or in committee. She's more active on Twitter than anything else. Ooh. Okay. So, I don't know. The way to try and be very dismissive uh, mm-hmm. there. That's coming from the guy who endorsed Susan Collins. Uh, you know, to be like, no, man, she's she's the real deal. She's the real spineless deal, y'all. You want to vote for her. She's just like me, birds of a feather. And this thing now, I, I mean, his record even further back, on multiple occasions, Joe Manchin has refused to back the Equality Act, which is, you know, adding protections for gender identity and sexual orientation to, like, Civil Rights Act, Fair Housing Act. He's like, nah, I don't know. Like, he's just always, you know, he's just a shitty fucking senator uh, who's claims Democrat. And you're like, I don't really, I don't know who this man is. So AOC comes back tweeting because this is a it's like this man is he lives in a glass mansion <laughs> and you're His throwing name rocks. Is literally mansion. His name yeah. is pronounced mansion. <laughs> Joe Mansion. And she said, quote, I find it amusing when politicians try to diminish the seriousness of our policy work, movement organizing and grassroots front fundraising to quote. She just tweets as though serious politics is only done by begging corporate CEOs for money through wax sealed envelopes <laughs> delivered by Raven. I mean, she's uh, so good. Thorough. Yeah, something about I love about AOC is that like it's like she don't half step that shit. She goes straight for the throat <laughs> every no, time. Just right. Yeah. It's 
right it's at just him. like it's definitely a like it's definitely a you know if you step for the if you step to the queen you might you best not miss kind of thing yeah and it's just like oh joe mansion joe mansion's coming in with defund my butt and aoc is just like bam you know? yeah well because like that's like the emerging energy in the party right and unfortunately on the right yeah. it's just like who's has the most vitriolic racist take you know and right. like that's yeah. how you start accelerating your career or like people are like oh you check that fucking racist person out awesome but on the left you see more and more people are rallying around people who are like talking to these older politicians like they're their fucked up stepdad like yo shut the fuck up bro you don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah. i'm not even doing real work asshole why don't you try it and like they're like, oh my god! Like they just don't like generationally. Just like establishment Republicans are having trouble with this. These Trumpers are like, I don't know. Like they don't, they don't respect the bullshit like we do. It's I don't know how to handle it. And I think there's something that people need. Again, we keep saying this. Look at that energy. Like these people, the squad and the other like sort of grassroots organizing type activists who are entering politics. They're the ones who understand what is going on the most and are speaking the most like how normal people are. And that's what's resonating rather than just like this, you know, dad joke shit of to fund my butt and whatever, you know, lukewarm political takes he has. So well, that's it's all it's all something else right now. And this again, the battle continues because Obama had to weigh in. Uh, with his awesome take about, you know, oh, you know, to fund the police is too flashy and confusing for people, whatever the fuck it was, basically trying to throw cold water on that. And it's like, you know, how about, you know, you didn't do shit about any of this stuff either. So why don't you have a seat too, mm. sir? Uh, I remember um, in like Ferguson, what was going on there, what was happening to activists then? And you're like, mm -hmm. so right. let's not let's not get too into this. So. Yeah, I think it's also time for people to recognize, like, if there are certain values you have and you're not seeing that reflected in a party, you got to speak the fuck up or we need to talk about where the fuck we're going with this shit. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I want to say I want to say two things on that. Um, one, something that I really appreciate about AOC, you know, outside of like, you know, she's like closer to our age than a hundred years old. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, she's like young. It's like, you know, her and a lot of the squad are like gamers. I feel like, you know, I feel like they can relate to my experiences so much more than your average politician probably can. <laughs> That aside, hey, Ron Johnson, she, man, he he uh he he knows a little bit about video games. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did Ron Johnson do? No, I'm just saying, like, like just comparatively, like, truly, yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. these people yeah, actually do like, have like lived a, experiences, like we do. When, when, and I and I think that she is so good at like breaking down. It's like breaking down policies and complex issues in a way, like over Instagram stories, in a way that we understand easily. You know, it's like the importance of Medicare for all, the Green New Deal, and all that. And then, um, like, uh, kind of on your thought about Obama. Um, and what Obama said, something that, like I really appreciate right now, uh, and I, I'm curious what you guys think about this, is like, I feel like we're at a point right now where politicians can just normal suck instead of being like, I don't know what mustard is and I refuse to learn. Like, right. it's like, like, I, like something that I appreciate about, you know, like it sucks that Obama said that and like it's total bullshit, but it's like, oh, this feels like a real political conversation and not like a four seasons landscaping you're run, you know, the three stooges <laughs> right. are running your campaign bullshit. You know, it's like, oh, this is yeah. like an, there's value in having this conversation. Well, probably, it, right? it, it, there is a way to look at it, like if it if that's what it is. But he, I think it, it's all about more about how polling works and what is going to keep Democrats in power rather than yeah. looking at the issue of defunding police. Because, again, in his administration, there was not much interest to address any of these things. So right. it's hard. So looking at that, I'm like, well, do you mean that? Because you're like, guys, I'm with this defund the police shit, too. But we got to fucking message this a little bit differently. It, it just seems like he's going like, 
guys, don't don't play with that. Like it's like yeah. kids in a yard with like running with scissors. It's like yeah, right. don't, don't don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. And think- I'm not going to explain much more than. But I feel that there is a conversation there that can explain things better. So for people who are just res- like just reacting to the the mere mention of the words defund the police, uh, like to uh, find a way to get through to those people. But I don't think it's a platform or a policy goal that needs to be abandoned, which I feel like is sort of like the two way, like he's kind of having it. He's walking a line with that comment too, because it can be seen as one or the other, but essentially the take is always like that, that rhetoric hurts the Democrats. Right. I feel like the Democrats need to, or or the progressive movement needs to kind of have a reckoning that Obama is not on the progressive Democrat side. Like he is the establishment. And I think both sides like the fact that he is, you know, this iconic figure of progress. Uh, But he, when it comes down to the policies that he actually uh, advocates for, a lot of the time they're more in line with Joe Manchin than they are with AOC and like the, the things, the kind of common sense things that, you know, uh, AOC and Bernie Sanders and the squad like talk about um, so it's just, I feel like that's going to prevent, like, it would be easy for people on the progressive side to just be like, yeah, but like Obama said no. So like, let's look elsewhere because he is popular and he's like the only cool politician, uh, like according to the mainstream media. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that there is something too of like. I mean, like, Miles, you were talking about this a second ago about, like, the, um, you know, there is kind of, like, you know, like a little bit of a, a you know, a war brewing between the, in the Democratic Party between the progressive wing and the more centrist wing. And, yeah, but I, I don't know. It's like, I mean, AOC said this a lot of, like, every, like, hard progressive politician that ran, like, won, you know, in the 2020 election. Um, you know, I think that that's kind of the hope is that, like, the, the Joe Manchins of the world get voted out and more AOCs get voted in that like listen to this shit and like actually care about things like Medicare for all defunding the police and like progressive policies and that it's just hard know, because crossed. like yeah. it's this this whole battle is going to continue until progressives either create a third party or take over the Democratic Party like Trumpers did I don't see the latter happening um, right. it's just too deeply inten- entrenched in like this corporatocracy model of right. private business, you know, holding hands with government and things like that. And the policies that progressives are calling for essentially upset that relationship between big business and 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 politics. So it's like it would have to be some kind of massive philosophical shift for like the Tom Perez's of the world to have to kind of begin to be like, oh, yeah, like maybe we do need to do what's right for people rather than like we need to do the thing that looks good, that looks seems like it's doing right for people, but is also hooking up the private sector too. let's not get it fucked up. Like, right. Because there's no policy yeah. that is ever going to be like, yo, we don't give a fuck about your profits. Anything right. that anything that does that, that says, hey, we're going to put people over your fucking profits as an industry or company shit is never happening. This is never happening. And I think that's the big, oh, yeah. that's like that last step that I think a lot of progressives are like, we have to shift into that world where we're saying, fuck your profits because we need to worry about people. Uh, I don't know when that, how that shifts unless, you know, progressives can be organized enough and leftists and everyone else saying like, we're not going to fucking vote with you anymore. Like the, what you're doing, like we're telling you these people need rights. These people need restitution these people need reconciliation all these things you're not giving it to them so what the fuck good is it to support you 
Like yeah. what, what, that's not what I'm as a person I'm looking for. So I need to find where that is because it's not here. Um, and I think that, I don't know. I mean, like, we'll see what that evolution looks like, but the tensions are going to simmer because I think, again, the last four years have made a, a lot more people interested in politics. There are going to be plenty of people who are going to check right the fuck out on January 20th. I mean, right. guaranteed. But there's also, I think they're underestimating the amount of people who are like, hold on, man, this Locked place in, is really right. fucked up, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it, it, it might just be like the bubble that I live in of, you know, Los Angeles and comedians. And I, I feel like more of my friends are like that than people that are going to be like, January 20th, let's start brunching or whatever. You know, it's like, yeah, like, yeah. I think that it's like I, I definitely am feeling just this uh, sentiment among my peers of like, yeah, fuck this shit. We should all. No, you know, nobody should have get in a million dollars worth of debt for school and health insurance and stuff, you know, yeah, like, it doesn't make uh, sense. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's, you know, that's the, the knock on wood hope. Yeah. Is that, With, uh, I think, yeah. yeah, there's a, there's a generation of politicians that were able to like go to college and only have one job and they're in office and they they're, they're like, well, why can't, they, why are they complaining rather than looking at millennials and Gen Z and be like, yo, these people got fucking crushed. Uh, yeah. like, and they came out of college, they can barely fucking get anything. Uh, and they don't realize the mindset is completely different. Our, exp our lived experience is almost antithetical to theirs in, in the sense of like what kind of upward financial social mobility there is for people and how the middle class is just like a fucking like mirage at this point for anybody. So it's, it's, it's it, like people are kind of looking at it from very different places. Does seem like we're headed in a direction where like people who are forty and under are more friendly to socialist policy and like the I don't know, it's just like the more simple, straightforward and consistent set of facts to advocate for. Whereas like the the people who are, you know, um on the establishment side, like don't really have uh, reason to back them up where they have like a thousand different reasons and not just one consistent like set of core beliefs. Uh, and like in, in the case of the establishment Democrats, they have the uh, appearance of those beliefs. They have the, they claim that they believe those things, but that they're just being practical and uh, working within the system. But I do, I do feel like, I don't know, I'm hopeful that more and more people are going to kind of come to terms with the fact that the the current system is completely fucked and you know the the more that politicians uh speak like AOC and you know in in ways that are just like humans speak uh and not like yeah. the the establishment democrats were people like, who have worked jobs that weren't given to them you know right. that's the you know that's the thing it's like just get stop get these people out of office who have had any kind of experience that is like out of touch with the 99% of the country, because right yeah. now our system only works for like roughly 2%. Yeah. Right. Um, let's take a step back into the world of uh, Four Seasons landscaping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. It, it, like the, this dude is still the president and he is in full blown denial mode uh, over the results of the election uh, as he has been. As we mentioned on yesterday's episode, Barr came out and was like, there's not fraud, man. Uh, but his supporters uh, left, you know, without him standing down or like admitting the reality of the situation, his supporters are in a very dangerous place. Yeah, they're because the rhetoric is 
the if you if you're a, a person on the right saying that the uh, election was secure and there was no fuckery, you're a traitor and it's treason. And yeah. people are taking that very literally uh, to the point where you know, like Georgia, right, has been a huge fucking focal point uh, for a yeah. lot of this for many different things, but especially with. You know, between Brian Kemp being like fucking public enemy number one and even the secretary of state, they're, they're all Republicans because they're like, no, our elections were secure and it was fair and there was no nonsense. Like we, it was clean. They've all been basically put in, in the crosshairs of, you know, the the Trumpers. And now uh, the guy who heads up Georgia's voting system, this guy, Gabriel Sterling, he had a press conference because he's a Republican as well, but he keeps seeing all this shit that's happening to other Republicans who are just doing their job. I mean, like, yo, objectively, we're just we just we know uh, like an election has to be f- like free, safe or whatever as much as possible. Asterisk there. But, um, you know, w- we're still getting attacked and no one is doing anything about it. So this is just a little bit of him out there trying just to yell at the media to, you know, condemn the rhetoric and try and defend, get some kind of defense for him and other Republicans who are just merely doing their job, you know, uh, facilitating elections. This is elections. This is the backbone of democracy. And all of you who have not said a damn word are complicit in this. I'm going to do my best to keep it together because it all gone too far all of it Joe DeGeneva today asked for Chris Krebs a patriot who ran CISA to be shot a 20 something tech in Gwinnett County today has death threats and a noose put out saying he should be hung for treason because he was transferring a report on batches from an EMS to a county computer so he could read it It has to stop. So he goes on. He says the president, he goes, you have not condemned any of this language. And he's like, senators, where the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Like these people are getting threats. A guy who just is a tech for Dominion is getting death threats. The uh, secretary of state, like there, his wife's getting, you know, you can, you can only imagine the harassment that's happening to all these people who are named. And then the problem is Trump then doubled down by like tweeting, like sort of retweeting a video of Sterling's um, uh, press conference and then just tweets rigged election, show signatures and envelopes, expose the massive voter fraud in Georgia. What is secretary of state and Brian Kemp afraid of? They know what we'll find. Like this is only creating more and more anger, like in a to a group of people who are already so pissed off because everything they've been fed through the TV they watch is saying the thing is being stolen right now and Trump actually won. What's going on? This is so unfair. And I just don't, it doesn't, I'm not, I don't know how it deescalates um, for anyone at this point because Trump is, has no, he's showing no sign of like letting up on this tactic. And I don't think that I haven't seen any other GOP, you know, uh, politicians actually step up to say, yo, this is fucked up now. Like you're, you're going to get some, you're going to get people in this party that we all claim to be a part of killed, but I don't think it doesn't matter. It's a fucking death cult. So it's, just, it's freaky shit. Yeah. And there's, uh, you know, he pardoned Michael Flynn earlier, uh, in the week and Michael Flynn, or was it last week that he pardoned Michael Flynn? Earlier, this week. I think it was. I mean, it's like it all. Yeah, was it which, which time? Years ago? I don't know. 
yeah, at some yeah. point time in the is, blur since the election. Right he pardoned Michael yeah, yeah. Flynn, and Michael Flynn used that opportunity uh, to now call for, uh, he retweeted a call for uh, basically Trump to uh, take over via martial law, temporarily suspend the constitutional and civilian control of the federal elections, and suspend the the press. Um, and then, you know, said, if that doesn't happen, there's going to be violence unseen uh, since the Civil War. So, like, basically threatening massive terroristic violence uh, on on behalf of the president, which, and the mainstream media seems to just be like, yeah, but he's too dumb to, like, do anything about it, but... That's, I mean, look at how the voting officials in Georgia are being treated. These people may be not not the greatest operators in the world, but they're deadly serious and, you know, capable of mailing bombs to people and putting nooses outside people's houses. And like, that's, it's, I I feel like it's just sort of disappeared for the most part uh, from the mainstream conversation because it's gone so far in this direction of, uh, you know, Lou Dobbs and a couple other uh, opinion-based shows are are just going off in this weird counterfactual universe. And it's not like people aren't really taking it seriously, but the people who watch it are ready to start killing us, basically. A couple of things to that. Uh, one... So it's like Bill Barr is a great example of like Bill Barr, the dude that like kneecapped the, the Mueller report is all of a sudden a liberal extremist because he just said that like, yeah, even if there was fraud, it was, wouldn't be enough to like change the results of the election. Like he didn't even say Biden. I mean, he, he just said like if there was fraud, it wouldn't be enough to change anything. And like that was enough to make him into like a liberal extremist. And then um, the other thing on that, I mean, I, I think that the hope is that like, uh, you know, I mean, that it's that this is, uh, you know, an emperor's new clothes situation for Trump where like, you know, I mean, we've seen a lot of stories after the election of, you know, people taking down the Trump flags and people kind of being like, yeah, I'm not with that anymore. And it's like there are, you know, definitely some people that are on the extreme, extreme side of it that are like still down. Hopefully the ones that are still with it tire themselves out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's that's that, uh, update. Yeah. Doug Ducey is a uh, the governor of Arizona is now a opponent to uh, democracy, according yep. to the Trump administration. Cause is he it because he certified Arizona's win? Yeah, when he put the um, fucking president on mute when he was calling him as he was certifying the. Uh, did you see yeah. that clip? No, dude. Uh, so no, I didn't see that, but that's dope. That's dope. It's, I mean, it's it's speculative, but in a previous interview, he said that at a certain point he was getting so many like he talked to the president enough that "Hail to the Chief" is his like ringtone when the president calls him, um, right. and that's how he knows just audibly that this is a different call. It's coming from the land of orange mushrooms, mm-hmm. and so when he was like at the desk certifying the elections, in the middle of him signing, you hear the fucking. Pop, pop, like in his phone and he's like hold on one second pulls his phone out and he's like i'm just silent that shit and then continues to (laughs) sign it and everyone's like yo if we're lining up past anecdotal things that that was the president calling him mid-certification he said nah fuck out of here bro i gotta i gotta do this shit so yeah um that would have them feeling some type of way i will say this about bill barr though he did reveal on tuesday that he had actually made uh durham 
like a special counsel, a Robert Mueller level special counsel to investigate the origins of the Russia investigation. Yeah. And that was like the kind of thing that uh, people were like, what the fuck is this? And he didn't tell anybody. And on, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at it now. It's like, first of all, Durham had his investigation. We talked about it over the summer. They found nothing. Right. That's why they were just very casual. Like, yeah, anyway, he, we concluded there wasn't really much anything there. So let's, let's just not talk about it anymore. Um, and I remember the Trump administration and they were all like, you see, we're going to, we've got this investigation going. Just wait till you see. So Bill Barr doing this, they're thinking like, okay, he's just trying to like appease the president by saying like, I still got it. Don't worry. There's a, there, there, we're going to get to the bottom of this, even when Biden's president, even though during that investigation we've been spending a lot of time on, we found nothing uh, yeah. while also saying like there was no fraud. So please remember Bill Barr and your fuckery calendars uh, that he will never be taken off of. So is he just so basically he just did something uh, an empty gesture to appease the totally. president, but like there that um, yeah. investigation is not going to continue in any. No, because a new attorney general can be like, no, we're good on this. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. Uh, This special counsel investigation has been concluded Mm. Uh, because also it's just redundant at this point. He he, Durham did this investigation and found fucking nothing. So what's the point of doing it aside from convincing the president that you're still a good boy to call a spade a spade that there's like so much focus on Arizona and Georgia. It's like. I mean, I don't know, like the black and brown vote flipped those states like the black vote yeah. was very key in flipping Georgia. The native vote was very key in flipping Arizona, the Navajo Nation. And I think the Apache Res, uh, the the districts that are within those voted like 93 percent for Biden, you know. So like it's that's uh, race. It's like racist shit. Yeah. It's just like, let's yeah. just call it that, you know. Exactly. It's, a yeah. you know, fear of, you know, the the country becoming less white because it is and it was inevitable. You know, it, it's, this is what ha- that's what's happening. But, yeah, we'll see. I, I can't imagine, you know, what kind of fuckery they're going to try and enact in some of these legislatures going into these next couple of years. Because remember, Obama right. kicked off all kinds of next level shit. So I don't know what what's on the menu for 2020 and beyond or 2021 and beyond. But, but we can only wait and see. But we got to stay vigilant. Right. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about uh, how we're relaxing after uh, all this bad news. And we're back. And uh, if all of the, you know, Trump trying to stage a coup, being too dumb, but still like trying and revealing the fissures of our democracy. Uh, if all of that has you stressed out, uh, Pepsi has your answer. Oh, yeah. Um, they're coming all the way through. Yeah. Pepsi is a self-care brand. I want to say just before I I've always we talk about that. this, yes. Pepsi is a self-care brand first, beverage company second. Uh, they tweeted something <laughs> uh, Wednesday morning saying like, hey, y'all, like, it looks like a fun little box. It says, hello, has like a little Pepsi, like two candles. You don't know what it says. It says, quote, when the stress of the holiday finally settles, treat yourself to the perfect Pepsi spa experience. You deserve it. Tag a friend who all, anyway, so you got it. This isn't some shit you buy. It's a fucking giveaway. We get it. Viral marketing. Let's, we all know this is, they do this. So we talk about it. Uh, Good job. But we will always talk about this viral marketing stuff because at the end of the day, we are trash consumers. Um. But this one is interesting because, I mean, look, we've had like KFC logs that smell like KFC when you put in the fireplace. Like we have aroma scented things that kind of whatever makes sense. This spa kit, I just want to say, this includes an exfoliating cola scented Pepsi sugar scrub, 
a refreshing Pepsi blue face mask, and fizzy fun Pepsi cola scented bath bomb. Bomb. They're all saying that this is all like inspired by the flavor and like refreshingness of of Pepsi cola. So I don't know like if your idea of relaxing is to be submerged in a tub full of Pepsi. Yeah, uh, but I'm just having trouble getting my yeah. mind around that one. Like the only other time that the idea of being submerged in Pepsi really enters the collective consciousness is when you put a tooth in the Pepsi and it dissolves it like in a matter of hours, like it's the dip <laughs> from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So like <laughs> the fact that they think that this is a good idea that people like want to have the feeling that they're being submerged in Pepsi is amazing. I I, I applaud. Um, I've always been a fan of Pepsi marketing ever since uh, the documents were revealed of their logo redesign, where it was like the millennial next oh, millennial. Yeah. When they got Pepsi, scammed, when they got scammed for like twenty million dollars, uh, logo design that just uh, changed the line to in like two inches. Speaking about efficiency from earlier, I mean, look, if you're eating <laughs> breakfast while taking a shower, taking a bath in Pepsi seems like a good way to like, right. you know, it's like you, you don't have time to drink a Pepsi, but you also need to take a bath because like you got to get to your job, you know? And also you need uh, and like, also you want to flex on people. You got a tub full hey, of Pepsi. You want to flex on you want to flex on people by being covered in sticky soda. <laughs> <laughs> a sugar face scrub. Like if if I get sugar on my face, I expect to have like acne because sugar is not a thing that cleans your skin. It is like a thing that is sticky and creates a film that you can't get off uh, your skin. Yeah, but but they you um, their sugar scrubs are a thing though. Not just like if we um, take the words sugar scrub. Like oh, I, they I are. Okay. Yeah, like any DIY stuff, it's it's a it's fine, you know, because that was always my first thing. I'm like, would you put sugar on your face? Because all I have is like my mom when I was going through puberty being like, all those sodas are gonna give you pimples. Yeah. Uh like sort of logic in my brain. Uh, so just had to debunk that just for sugar, thank sugar you, scrub gang out there. Um, I, I want to pitch a tagline for that product. And the mm -hmm. tagline is y'all like getting attacked by bees. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, Jack, I think, would you feel any different if this box was rebranded with your favorite Pepsi Cola product? Mountain Dew. Not dipped in dew. I dipped in do, yeah. I mean, di dipped in do. You're really drawing the comparison to dip because isn't wasn't dip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit like a yellowish greenish liquid? It was like that green bubble, like yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. It was like toxic, so like, wasty, yeah, yeah. Green. But like, so Mountain Dew already evokes that. I've always been more of a fan of Mountain Dew for internal use as opposed to topical use. Got it. Uh, I've can tried it in a number of different contexts. It's can you not absorb? A great topic. Solution. Um, can you absorb caffeine through your skin? Uh, I believe so. So I wonder, I like, if you legit filled up a bathtub with actual Mountain Dew, like two liter bottles, like you know, could you get a little, a little hyped off your bath? <laughs> so you, <I>, you're <laughs> like, I, think the oh, idea I got a that long day today. Like, I'm gonna need a little, little, a little, little Pepsi twist to keep me going on this day. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't have time to drink it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't think you can actually absorb things as easily through your skin as people think. Uh, we, we but had... SLC Punk, remember that guy had all those acid tabs in his pocket and then ran through the sprinklers? Well, acid is the one thing that I think you can. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I guess the, <laughs> well, that like, one, that one holds. <laughs> yeah. Like alcohol, like, there's always a rumor that you can like bathe in alcohol and uh, get really drunk, and I think that's not true. Uh, I did some I research wanna, into it. <laughs> I just want to shout out any listeners that are like scientists. I really want to know the exact like how many, how long do you have to sit in a bathtub full of Pepsi for it to equal like one sip of Pepsi? Right. Like, what is the math? Oh there? wow! Like, it's like that's like I want to know the breakdown of like See, what that. And- is. I hope the Joe Biden administration will actually divert <laughs> the funds to this kind of research Thank rather you. than this other crap. Yeah, Bynan. yeah. Come on, Biden. Yeah, yeah. Yo, Joe Manchin, defund my butt and use that money to fund Pepsi baths. Yeah, Pepsi bat, Pepsi bath research. Come on, come on. Yeah. I'm, the yeah. one soda I would like to take a bath in is Sprite Remix from the early aughts. Ah. Mm. That's a that's a flavor I miss. Yeah. And I was originally that. uh formulated um, as something to uh, bathe in and yeah. they just happened to notice that it tasted good. It, I think the R&D process was it was supposed to be a Lysol scent and then it became <laughs> a detergent scent right. and then when that didn't work out it just became a Sprite flavor. There are so many um, things that are <laughs> that are made that way where they're like, yeah, like actually it didn't work <laughs> that way but we noticed that it did melt the chocolate bars in our pocket so now we have microwaves. Yeah, like microwaves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Silly Putty was originally supposed to be like uh like a, a stealth knife that you can make out of putty to murder spy or not that, but some, <laughs> yeah. something like, like that. CIA. It was like Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, just, yeah. Um, just put a little bit of a lighter underneath and it will harden to steel. Yeah, it'll harden up and then just form into a blade. Just <laughs> um But uh actually I wanna I wanna drop in another uh, another underrated thing since we're talking about soda. Um so uh Virgil's zero calorie root beer from Trader Joe's is like a serviceable root beer, you'd think, because it's zero sugar and zero calories, it wouldn't be good. But like, it's dope as hell. It's good stuff. Okay, I Virgil's. love Virgil's. Okay, Virgil's root yeah, beer just is like the Virgil's, fucking there's, shit. There's Virgil's like zero calories, zero sugar, so it's like not. Daniel's dropping in the chat. Virgil's the best root beer on the market, straight up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so like, let's let's just give it up for Virgil's. I would bathe in Virgil's. Like, there's no caffeine in it, so I'm not getting anything out of it other than the joy of bathing in Virgil's. Okay, I'm down. Virgil's yeah, hit us uh, up. I'll I'll do that for a marketing yeah. campaign. But but you got to keep the Virgil's flowing because I've oh man they're cream soda too. <laughs> Yay! Oh uh, yeah then, yeah. Uh, hit us up. Check. This is not already sponsored content for Virgil's. I know. Right. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah. one, Miles. Uh, Fuck uh, Virgil's. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's sponsored content for me as I put on my Virgil's hat. And yeah, I know. Like, like damn, he got <laughs> us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I go from podcast to podcast and promote Virgil. It's like that's no, but deal. think about it. He promoted fucking Garfield, Olive Garden, Virgil's. <laughs> yeah, we like look around. Virgils. We've been like Kaiser Sozaid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am wearing a, a T-shirt that's got Garfield's picture on it and says Medicare for all. So you know, like I'm repping everything. <laughs> I'm repping all the. I'm repping all the stuff. Brand is strong. Uh, and then uh, I just wanted to say for Pepsi, one of my favorite Pepsi specifics is uh, I went to Washington State University in Eastern Washington. They had like an exclusive deal with Coca-Cola. So like the only, on, on the on the university campus, you could only buy Coca-Cola products. They didn't have Pepsi. So drinking Pepsi became this act of resistance so, where it's just like, yeah, fuck your corporate branding. Really? Pepsi. So <laughs> so for me, yeah, you know, Pepsi's part of the resistance. Hell yeah. I mean, they Hell always yeah. have been ever since that commercial with Kylie Jenner, I think. Yeah, Kylie Jenner. Uh, oh, yeah. Where she, yeah. She, yeah, where she stopped the, the riot police with a Pepsi. So like, yeah. So that's the resistance, you, Kylie right? Jenner. Yeah. Yeah, that's the resistance, Pepsi. Yeah. Also, if you guys are c- curious about uh, Biden's cabinet, uh, check out Pod Save America. 
Uh, <laughs> Somebody tweeted that to us uh, as a helpful hint. Is um, joke? Uh, is joke? Let us know. And finally, let's talk about Melania's Christmas decorations because people are talking about these for a number of reasons. First of all, it's the first Christmas since Melania was caught on tape saying, who gives a fuck about Christmas? Uh, because you. thanks to Trump, people can say, who gives a fuck about Christmas again instead of just who gives a fuck about the holidays? Thank yeah. you. Thank you, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Trump. The war on Christmas was about being able to openly hate Christmas. That's what yeah. the war on Christmas yeah. is about, Reclaim right? Reclaim it. <laughs> um, but also... I, I feel like we should acknowledge and say straight up, like she, it is entirely her right to say who gives a fuck about Christmas. Uh, the whole idea that we are judging the first lady's Christmas decorations every year is like, so uh, just like bygone and just like backwards that we're like, how'd she do this year? Right. Uh, and so just get a fucking interior decorator. Like what, what are you doing? Didn't other um, people just be like, I don't know, this is some celebrity designer did it this year. I'm just, fuck. Who gets yeah. It? yeah. Uh, but we yeah, have we to tie that... it to the first lady and her uh, domestic and her... skills. Yes, yes. Yeah, do we think that she, like, did she actually come up with this design or do we think that she just approved this design? I'm sure she like, just how, approved like, how, she doesn't. Like, well, like, why is this yeah, a yeah. story? Why is it... Why is it even tied to her? Like, why do we just be like, here is the brand that we hired to design the White House Christmas. Uh, you can, you know, hire them for your hey, weird. It's uh, just our event. shit version like, of royal royals watching. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, oh what's, you know, it's our shitty royals is Melania who gives a fuck about Christmas Trump and being like, who gives a fuck about my decorations? Come peep them. I don't know. Do these what look I, like urns holding plants? I don't Who gives a shit? Well, Guys, I, I watched like episode two and three of uh, of uh, The Crown, and when I tell you that these grown men and women were responding to the king's death like they so like their loved one had been just been murdered in front of them, it is like the wildest thing I've ever seen. Like how people were just like, "He what?" This man who was like in his 60s and had one lung and was dying of cancer, they were like acting like JFK had just been assassinated in, in a seat next to them. Um, Ugh. Shout out to the royals. Sorry, I interrupted yeah, you, shout out to Yeah, shout out to JFK. I think there was a JFK <laughs> ornament art thing, right? Um, but I, like just going off what Miles was saying, I feel like a, a lot of that stuff, it's just like there are built-in fluff pieces within politics that give like ideally politicians the president just like e like just like easy bumps in approval ratings right you know things yeah. like you know halloween things like the the easter egg hunt on the white house lawn and stuff like that and like I, I think that like christmas decorations are definitely one of those things where it's just like oh it gives like it gives like the the the, the first family just an excuse to be like hey we're just like you guys or whatever yeah. and uh you know i agree that it's uh i think that more and more you know especially under the trump administration we're seeing how like it's very dumb that we pay attention to that. Right. Yeah. It's We're like getting we to see the about, seams yeah. a little bit because somebody who is an actual, like, obvious con man uh, entered the office. So we can see the seams. Yeah. You always, but you always yeah. need those, like, those fluff pieces, though, because it helps, like, off ramp serious discourse. Like, we could talk about the drone use in Yemen. Or, or yeah, have totally. you seen Bo Obama, the new dog? <laughs> uh oh, everyone. Um, like, oh, uh, fuck. Yeah, well, I mean, just uh, just putting myself on blast. Uh, like, 
uh, Joe Biden announced that he's going to adopt a cat in the White House, and it's going to be the first the first first cat uh, since Bush uh, since H.W. Bush, I think. And uh, look, he could do a lot of stuff, and I'm just going to ignore that and just look at these pictures of the new first cat. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So you know, mission accomplished, Biden. I think that hell yeah. Well, look, you got to have as long as you know both things are going on. Just don't exchange one for the other. You know what I mean? Just keep, yeah. Keep oh, I've already exchanged one. It's just like <laughs> you're look, like nah, I'm fully. It's like if we, right we got now. a police state, but there's a cat at the helm. Then hold on, like, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah. And just like, oh wait a second, there's a cat involved. Oh. Proceed with the drone strikes. More on that later. Uh, this cat is cuddling in a thin blue line blanket. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, oh it's like, oh, I'm tucked in kitties. Oh, that cat's my problematic fave. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we have to uh, look forward to uh, in the Biden administration is how QAnon will look at literally everything oh that the God. Biden family does. Because yeah, uh, right. just a sampling from the past two Christmases, uh, last year, um, the really bland, non-terrifying decorations that uh, Melania put together, uh, there there was a dollhouse with numbers on the windows, and that was, according to QAnoners, full of uh, hidden codes, including a countdown at the beginning of December, which was probably just a countdown to Christmas, but uh, they thought it was a countdown till the storm. Yeah, it's what I think most people call an advent calendar. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yes. uh, it does make sense. Countdown you know, to I mean, Christ. Like, yeah. yeah, just like, you know, like do your own research. Uh, you know, you, we all yeah. get it. You do the research, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, then you, QAnon yeah, yeah. this year, uh, the first lady is seen in her Christmas videos putting up a ornament of JFK. Uh, which yeah. set off the QAnon alarm bells, uh, as you were talking about, Joey, because uh, A, JFK Jr. is still alive, and B, he's living, living under an assumed name in Pittsburgh, and C, he's a Trump ally. Uh, so that was clearly signaling all of that when they put up a uh, Christmas ornament with his with JFK Sr. on it, uh, and clearly was had nothing to do with the fact that it's the 60th anniversary of him being elected to office. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. to do with that. Everything no, JFK do, Jr.'s alive. He is alive, you <laughs> what guys. What a jump. Uh, John Reese, Trumper Waven, uh, at Trumper Waven on Twitter, uh, showed the picture of her putting the ornament up and said, Melania Trump literally put up JFK as a Christmas ornament. How many more coincidences? Exclamation point. <laughs> and then somebody I mean, in I the comments. <laughs> that, by the way, that had like 5,000 like, like so many likes. And oh, no. this person in the comments said, uh, that is this year's White House Christmas ornament, <laughs> which is like each Hell year yeah. they have an official uh, Christmas ornament, and that's this year's. Uh, so oh, then uh, how many more coincidences? Even then, it's the official. Right. Oh, oh, wow. yeah. even more, okay. just, even more so. I, I just want to say, just because podcasting is an audio medium, uh, to everybody listening to this. Uh, we definitely are the Hollywood elite casually drinking the blood of infants as we're having this podcast conversation. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah we're I'm mainlining adrenochrome. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh hell, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Oh, they're believing every, oh my God, they're seeing yeah, it. They're not like, believing oh, it. I'm, oh, I'm stealing the youth from babies. I'm 200 <laughs> years old. But can you imagine all the just amazingly intricate shit they're going to accuse Joe Biden of as he's just being like, come on, Jack. I mean, they're, they're, they're already, they're already doing it. Like his, uh, like he, he, uh, he fractured his foot or something like that recently. Allegedly. And, um, because he's, yeah, and, uh, allegedly. And because he's like wearing a boot, QAnon people are already, cause like part of their thing is like, 
oh, like if you like, think about it, like all liberal politicians always wear pants that covers their ankle. Really, they're doing it to cover like, you know, secret right. like tracking devices. Bracelet? Because yeah. Yeah, Wait, yeah. hold on. Yeah. He broke his left foot, my left foot, Daniel Day Lewis in a boot, DOS boot, left boot, DOS boot about Nazis, leftism, socialism. Joe Boom. Biden is the fourth Fuhrer. Thank okay. you. Preach. 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 Got him. Snap, snap. Got him, preach. Joe Got Biden. Him. Boom. Got Biden again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know how many more coincidences we need to point <laughs> out to you guys. <laughs> yeah, you know he's what wearing a boot and JFK's and there was a countdown. I don't uh, know. Come on. come on, guys. Uh, who's naive now? Right. Uh, who's naive yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Joey, it's been uh, so fun having you on the Daily Zeitgeist, man. Where can people uh, find you and follow you? Yeah, this is super fun. Thanks for thanks for having me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Joeytainment. You can find me on Instagram at Joey Clift with like five eyes. Uh, if you check out my social media, you can watch a video of me eating three hundred dollars worth of Olive Garden lasagna with my bare hands, like Garfield. <laughs> it's very gross and not an efficient way to eat lasagna. But uh, yeah, I don't know, that's that's the thing. Is I was it hot? And watch speed. Uh, okay, so it was definitely <laughs> was hot when hot? I bought it. <laughs> But then I just like I let it sit out for a little bit. And I was that was the thing I was the most worried about is like, am I going to burn my face horribly yeah, by throwing hot cheese in it. my face? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, but uh, so it wasn't I th- I would say that it was like slightly above lukewarm by the time that I actually got did it. it. But that okay. was by choice Smart. of me, like Smart. of me being like, OK, I don't want to I don't want to scar my face for this bit. Yeah. I mean, I do. I just shouldn't. <laughs> Uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of, oh, sorry, you were going to talk about the Netflix show, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, watch Spirit Rangers when it comes out in probably 2020, 2022. Hey. It's a great show. It's going to be super fun. Everybody check it out. Um, hey. It's on Netflix. It's great. Support native art because that's important to do. Natives are making cool stuff. And yeah. then um, a tweet that I wanted to uh, bring up was by a friend of the show, at Katie Golden. Um, yeah. She had a super funny tweet yesterday that was, um, I'm going to quote the tweet, 30 under 30 lists are fucking stupid. There are way more 30-year-olds than that, I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> and I just like scrolled past that yesterday and it's like, oh, Katie's super funny. That's also just a good, <laughs> it's best. like, I've never heard of a 30 under 30 list boiled down to like, there's more than 30, 30 people that are under uh, 30. Guys. <laughs> yeah, just like, pardon me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, a few tweets I like. One is from at Very Harry Hill. Harry Hill tweets, imagine if there was a Venmo wrapped because everyone's posting their Spotify wrapped like things uh, right now. And I could, whoa. There, there are so many times I look at people and I'm like, you are buying drugs on Venmo and you're not being slick about it. Like you're doing snowflakes and rainbows and shit. And I'm like, oh, mm, okay. Like moons. And I'm like, okay, is that moon rocks? And they're like, how'd you know? Because you did a fucking uh, moon emoji with a rock, fool. What the fuck are you talking uh, about? Some of these young kids, man, they're slipping on, on Venmo. Uh, so I like that tweet. Um, another tweet that I am liking uh, is from at uh, from Ben Acker at Bean Acker. Uh, it says, fund the non-police? Is that better? <laughs> uh, Maybe. It might work better than that. And then uh, another, lastly... Uh, a tweet that I like just kind of resonated with me. Like, just I think most people, I think millennials as well, just with how our careers evolve to a certain uh, extent. The oh wait, where the fuck? Okay. Uh, and this tweet is from Alexandra Jones at A Rock Jonestown. 
uh, tweeting, raise your hand if you didn't start in your field until your 30s. Mm. Uh, and that is my shit. I did not get my shit together until I was like literally 30. It was like when I started finally moving in a direction uh, that was like my what feels like my career. Before mm. that, all kinds of shit. All like trying to figure it out and also not a lot of opportunities to get there. But yeah. I've been Don't studying to be a podcaster since fifth grade. That's just Damn. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Since um, when you had, that, when you had that, that ham radio. Yeah. And the one room, uh, one room schoolhouse that I went to fifth grade. I'm trying to work into the career of being a professional Garfield impersonator. And like, look, I just haven't made any headway yet. My 40s yeah. are going to be the year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's when it's all yeah, yeah. coming together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like uh, getting lasagna, got a Garfield shirt. It's just, oh, it's all coming together. Couple tweets I've been enjoying. Mr. CEO, speaking of Venmo, tweeted, I hate pending payments. Just take that shit so I can start my healing process. Oof. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> Brody Reed, AO Bro Bro, tweeted, We need to stop using plastic. And as a replacement, I suggest the same wax we use for baby bell cheese. Um, oh, shit. Uh, I do love also, that. Brody Reed. Also, Brody Reed. Super funny. I like Brody Reed. One of the funniest dudes. I love that dude. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Bring where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode. As well as the song we ride out on, Miles. What are we riding into the rest of this Thursday upon? Come on. We are doing pick Street Fighter, pick Street Fighter music. <laughs> 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 oh man, we're gonna do uh, this this uh, track from Baths, uh, who's for the LA area producer. Uh, you know, this is a track from like ten years ago. It was the first Baths track I ever heard, and I only got into it because like the video had like this like samurai dude like bleeding in the forest. I've been playing a lot of Ghost of Tsushima, so I was like, oh, I just remember that track in the video. This track is called "Lovely Blood Flow" by Baths, and this has got like you know, it's like haunted but like very laid back at the same time. So it sounds like the when you're realizing you're about to have a panic attack. Uh, it's like, oh, well, <laughs> maybe I don't know, but it's right now. I don't know. There's tension there, though. But this track sort of encapsulates a lot of energies at once. That's why I really like it, and I think you will too. One of my favorite mm-hmm. pre-panic attack. Yeah, panic panic attack. Just, guys, just if like, you love that yeah. unsettling feeling I just described for you, you're gonna love this. <laughs> just that like sweet, like, yo, am I having a panic attack or do I just listen to bats? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man, but I feel some. It's a vibe. Yeah, <laughs> I feel. Some. I'm not dead. <laughs> All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you look at your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 Bye.